This is the Grit and Barrett podcast, a podcast devoted to the 11-time Carter Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast live streaming here. It is a May 9th, 2023, or if you are following along on the audio version of this, it is a Wednesday, May 10th, 2023. It is a good day whenever the Hershey Bears are playing hockey deep into the month of May. It's mid-May. We're moving on. We're pressing on to the next round, and joining me is my is my partner in hockey, Corey Schwartz of Field Pass Hockey. Joining me, Corey, thank you for joining me, brother, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Richard. I'm happy to be here, happy to be in May talking about Calder Cup playoff hockey, especially when it pertains to the Bears here a little bit more. Uh, can't wait to, you know, get back to the Giants Center for some hockey on Thursday and Saturday and, you know, really see where this Bears team is really made of. I think that we we had a really good series against the Charlotte Checkers and, you know, the Bears are moving on. It was ironic, actually, because I saw my Facebook memories um, a couple of days after the, you know, the win on you know Thursday was the four-year anniversary of when the Bears were knocked out by the Checkers. And so it was surreal kind of seeing the scene we saw last week, but in reverse, kind of the old-fashioned way of uh, seeing, the, you know, the Bears get eliminated and, you know, get our revenge four years later. So it was neat to see, and I'm, I'm really happy to, you know, be back at it for another series, hopefully get some more revenge for 2015. Yeah, well, I feel a bit underdressed for this. So let me just, let me just get appropriate here. And yeah, there we go. There we go. Now we're feeling good into it. All right, here we go. And for all of you that are watching along here on the uh, the Hershey Bears fan club page on Twitter, please give a comment during the video. We will read them out during during the air. And any questions you might have, you can let us know about it. You have questions? That's understandable. All right, it's time to get into the next round. And and Bears fans, this is the matchup we've been waiting for. It's time for two heavyweights to go to go at it. To go at it. And on Thursday, your Hershey Bears are going to take on the Provid. Oh. Hartford Wolfpack. Okay. The Hartford Wolfpack beat the Providence Bruins three games to one. And um the big matchup we were expecting against El Guapo is not going to happen as Hartford takes down Providence. Okay. Thanks. So now we will be facing the fighting Dil Dylan Garrards there from Connecticut. And as much as uh, speechless and tongue-in-cheek as I'm making this, um, Bears fans, before we start, do not discount the Hartford Wolf Pack at all. They beat Springfield by neutralizing their top lines and Matthew Highmore and Martin Fjork and took down AHL all-star goaltender Joel Hoffer and took down a Providence team that was maybe a little weak down the stretch. Maybe a little weak. So 
Corey, we get Hartford. Yeah, who who saw this one coming two or three months ago? I know I certainly didn't. I don't think that anybody really did at this point. But, um, you know, here we are. Like you said, it it was not an easy route for the Hartford Wolfpack to get here. But, you know, watch them down the stretch in the final, you know, weeks of the season. It had a feeling that it might come down to, you know, Hartford, you know, at least making a couple upsets. You know, when, when they upset Springfield, I was – a little more convinced that they're, you know, for real here, for sure. Not to say that they weren't, but, you know, Springfield was a team that really seemed to have their number at times during the, you know, regular season. They had this eight-game winning streak bookended by losses to Springfield. So it's kind of an interesting series in that, you know, you kind of figured Joel Hofer would be the, you know, the X factor, the difference maker. And, you know, Hartford played so well. And, you know, obviously I think Springfield kind of let, down their goaltender a little bit because I mean he really gave his best but you know it wasn't enough and like you said not one all-star goaltender but two in you know Hofer and Brandon Bussey you know did not have the answers for the their respective teams in Providence just I wonder if the length of time they had off you know did not prepare them well for this series possibly because they they seem to kind of come out of the gate flat only 14 shots in their first game that's about as easy of a shutout as Dylan Grand is ever going to have um but you know you give a lot of credit to Hartford they won a lot of close games and in you know game you know uh, game four especially it just looked like they had taken this province team that was way up here so consistent the model of it all season and they, you know, made them look like Boston in some ways where they just didn't have that oomph. They didn't have that extra it factor. You know, they nullified all of their offensive dynamos. They had Vinny Lettieri, Luke Toporowski, Georgie Merkulov, you know, so many of those guys. They just didn't look like themselves. They didn't look like they could, you know, even hardly get the puck on net sometimes. So very shocked that we're here, but, you know, I think this is going to be a really fun series and a really good test. The two games that Hartford won in Providence were two very close games, 2-1 and 1-0. And the only players scoring in that game for Providence was a player you mentioned very well, I might add, um, in Luke Toporowski. Oh, that's a bad scrabble hand if you ask me. But – um. They go up to nothing. There's no way Providence is going to get swept. So they they get the offensive guns going for game three. And out comes Hartford at the XL Center and just wallops Providence. It almost seems like the first two games they beat Providence at their own game. And, Dil- and Dylan Garrard, who's just come on really strong here in the postseason, you thought you'd see Louis Dalming spicy pork and broccoli and all instead you're going with this college kid who's doing rather well for himself kind of reminds you of a certain goaltender over a decade ago that made him a name for himself during the Calder cup playoffs in Hershey yeah it's it's really surprising like you said you know I would say that Dylan Grant's regular season numbers were not one that you know I think that you would look at it and be like, yeah, there's your starting goaltender type of thing. But you know, give him a lot of credit. He's come alive and come on fire at that at a, the, the most opportune time. And if I'm the coach, I think the coach made the right decision by not putting Louis Domingue in. You know, even though they got him back, he's your number one. You go with a hot hand. You know, you 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 roll with it until you absolutely can't, and it absolutely has stopped working. So I think they made the right call in that respect. And you know, you give Hartford a lot of credit. They played some great defense. 
in, in those games. And, you know, they have, you know, I think they made the right moves at the deadline that, you know, not only bolster the Rangers, but bolster the Wolfpack. You know, you think of the Adam Clendennings, the, you know, um, Will Lockwoods of the, of their roster, right. Anton bleed is another one that I believe was a, you know, a mid season acquisition for them. And the bears didn't see the last time they played them. So I think that really went and turned them into a contender suddenly. And, you know, probably one of the biggest beneficiaries of the new playoff format, rather than just narrowly missing in the last week, they get to, you know, take their chances, make that run and, you know, benefit from the New York Rangers, not being able to send anybody up or down towards the end of the season there, you know, it it really worked out perfectly for them to break that playoff streak, you know, missing streak back to 2015. And, you know, uh, they seem to have the perfect matrix. And you almost just wonder, though, is this going to last forever or are we due for them to peak at some point? You know, is this is this a series where Dylan Garan looks like his, his old self? You know, if you're if I'm Hershey, I'm looking at that game three as maybe a blueprint here where, you know, Providence was able to hang six goals on them. And, you know, the Wolfpack just simply weren't able to, you know, to, to match that at that point. So maybe that's where you're looking. It's hard to say, but. I believe it's going to be a really good series between two teams that I think will get to hate each other very quickly. Yeah, it's a it's a five game set that's going to be stretched a bit, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But some last stats on uh, Dylan: um, fourth round pick in 2020, 103 overall by the New York Rangers. Um, regular season this year. Uh, 13-14-3 with an 894 save percentage and a 301 goals against average. Oofta. Playoffs. 5 and 1, 954 save percentage, 117 goals against. Someone is really trying to um it, it, it's a great story for him to come in here put on that type of performance and literally slash in half his goals against average. And the two teams that he played are not slouches in their own division. You've played both these teams about a combined 26 times during the regular season. And you beat both of them soundly. And as much as we talk, talk about D- uh, Dylan Graham, uh, there's some, there's some good players on Hartford that there is a whole bunch of parts. I, do, I don't think there is a, a high prospect among them, but it's a team that, as cliched as this is, a team that can roll all four lines and beat you in so many different ways. And I think that's going to be the real test for Hershey, as it seems like these two teams are very similar. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's interesting you say that because there's, you know, like you said, there's so many players you could point to, you know, an absolute boatload of guys. I mean, Tanner Fritz is one that, you know, he was absolutely electric in that Providence series. Um, you know, Johnny Brodzinski that one, you know, finally got him back from the New York Rangers and he's been great. Will Cooley is, you know, another guy that always seems to kind of come up with big performances. It's, it's, it's a lot like Hershey in a lot of ways. And that, you know, the bears got that clutch performance uh, last Thursday from Beck Malenstein, a guy who's on the fourth line, obviously a well-regarded prospect, you know, puts a guy through the glass literally almost and you know that kind of turns the bears fortunes around they kind of have that x factor of you know who's it going to be tonight who's the guy that's gonna you know 
come out and steal the show in this game possibly. And, um, you know, I, I'm very intrigued to see how that, how the bears are able to match up with that defensively because they have, you know, the bears have that same ability. You know, you got, you know, four great centers, you got Scarbosa, McMichael, LaPierre and Sutter, you know, you have so much firepower, you know, the some firepower. I think the two top scores in the season series between these two teams are actually sitting on the sidelines for the bears in uh, Henry Rabinski and Henrik Borgstrom. You know, it's very fascinating to me to see, you know, who's going to pick up that you know scoring title. Obviously the bears have such a well-rounded offense that it could be anybody at this point. And the, you know, the Wolfpack are looking at it in the same way. So for the bears, it's really good to be defense first, try to limit the Wolfpack as much as they can and get back to that Hershey bears hockey that we saw in the, in the Charlotte round that, you know, was helped them to hang up, you know, five or more goals in each of their wins for sure. And, you know, I, I had a great point made to me earlier today too, that, you know, you look at that game three, it was ugly. The bears could hardly complete a pass. They could hardly do, you know, a lot of things that they normally do. Right. And they were in that game up until the final buzzer at two to one, you know, and it was really just kind of some self-inflicted wounds on those breakaways that ended up being the difference makers. So the bears, you know, have all the tools in the toolkit to be a team that, you know, is even better than what we've seen so far. And that's, what's kind of, you know, tantalizing if you're a bears fan, I think at this point. I said this on the pod back on Monday, what I wouldn't have given to be a fly on the wall during that locker room, during the first intermission, what I would not have given to go in there and to wonder who on the bears just either went nuts or Todd Nelson brought in a chicken cut its head off and went, this is what's going to happen to all of you. Something something like that. But whatever was said, it worked. Charlotte's done, and we're moving on. And speaking of moving on, we're going to take a short break. And after that, we will hear from Zach here, um, voice of your Bears, giving his thought in the series, and we'll be right back. Bears fans, well, it's time to pay the bills, and it's time to light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets bets instantly. Folks, there is a Game 7, not only tonight here on Sunday, but on Monday, Devils, Rangers, from there at the Rock in Game 7, and you play up action for round two coming up later in the in the week some juicy matchups vegas versus versus edmonton is already out there and more will be released out into the ether as we go make sure you get in on it at DraftKings sportsbook make sure you download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and sign up with code thpn new customers can make a five dollar bet make a five dollar hockey playoff bet and secure Score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Massachusetts. Call 800-327-5050. Or visit gamblinghelplinema.org in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call one 800 522 On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas, 21-plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for offer details and see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details on state-specific gambling resources. Bears fans, well, also, 
let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, I mean, you know who you are. Your cup of joe that used to cost 99 cents at 7-Eleven now costs $2. If you want your skinny boy calf decaf, skinny boy decaf latte no foam, that is $5 even without custom customizations i mean heck buying a simple energy drink is 250 minimum depending on what convenience store you're at every every single thing is going going up these days our bank accounts are getting getting hit the heart get the hardest but most most products do the same thing but are just priced differently regardless of whatever name is slapped on the label so a good duplicate or a dupe hmm it's critical for getting the highest quality at the best at the best price, and this is definitely one item you won't sleep on: Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon provides premium audio at a perfect price point, so you get what you want when you want without break breaking the bank, folks. Raycons start at eighty dollars, which may sound like a lot these days, but eighty you can pay a streaming service for for eighty, and eventually you'll get tired tired of that folks i can tell you this tell you this raycons are absolutely worth the price whatever you might be whether you use them for gym workout exercising or those lo-fi beats you want to listen to while you're work or studying would youtube lie to you i highly doubt it raycons mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening listening features you can get a pair and a spare and pay less than you would for those big name techs that try to fit fit in your ye- in your ear but whenever you run you feel them rattling around and just so you know they're going to fall out at a moment's notice raycon knows the, the this economy every purchase needs to be perfect they offer a buy now pay less option option so you can pay as low as $18 at checkout free and easy return guarantee they offer two years of protection for just a few dollars more over 50,000 five star five star reviews i personally like the noise isolation because when i'm working and when i'm listening to music and journaling or doing whatever else i need to make sure i am focused the quality and sound is fantastic and they are water and sweat resistant especially now as weather starts warming up Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today and get an extra 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to secure 15%. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN. And now, on with the show. And we're back here on the Grit and Barrett podcast with the, well, taking a little break between me and Corey and bringing on the man who slaves over a hot microphone, Zach Fish, the voice of your Hershey Bears, joining me. Zach, thank you so much for giving me some time here at the, pra- here at the practice here at the Old Barn, talking here at Hershey and Hartford. Hey, my pleasure, Richard. Always good to chat with you. And the Bears are still going. We're in uh, the middle of May now, and let's, let's keep it going. A lot more hockey hopefully to come, but series is going to be a real good test for the Bears with the red-hot Hartford Wolfpack, that's for sure. So let's get into that right away. I think a lot of Bears fans were expecting it was going to be Hershey and Providence with the way the two teams are playing. And now it seems, and now we get Hartford, not a team where we're expecting to be here, but that's the way the playoffs seem to be this year. Yeah, they've been absolutely hot as a pistol down the stretch. Uh, they made a ton of moves and they brought in some real good personnel. The Rangers wanted Hartford in the playoffs. They brought in the likes of Adam Clendenning and Anton Bleed and Lockwood as well. I mean, they, they have some good 
players that they added to an already pretty good group to help kind of fortify their push. And not only did they push, but they've been playing playoff hockey for the last month and a half here just to get in. And now that they've gotten in, they've steamrolled teams. They they ran over Springfield, and then they took out Providence. And we saw maybe how the rust affects two different teams. Hershey was able to contend with the rust and came out flying and won games one and two in Charlotte, while Providence on their home ice, uh, the rust didn't do well for them, and they didn't quite play as a cohesive unit, and Hartford was able to do just that. So it's a team right now for Hartford that's got a lot of skill and scores a lot of goals that you know, it's going to be another challenge for the Bears. We thought Charlotte was a challenge how they play. Uh, this is a whole different look right now with the team that's really firing on all cylinders. And speaking of that, um, we haven't seen Hartford since like since like February. Uh, what are some of the differences you, you've seen between what a team we saw back near the All-Star break and now seeing now in May? Yeah, I think they're just playing as a team right now, and they have the depth to do it. Um, I think some of the pieces that they brought in have won before and are good veterans. I mean, Anton Bleed played in the playoff series versus Hershey in 2017, so he's been there, done that. They shipped out a guy in Gustav Rydal, I think it was, that ultimately hadn't played in the playoffs in, in North America. So, yeah, add pieces like that that know how to win and have that experience. They have a good coaching staff, and you know, Dylan Garand in the playoffs has, has been huge. You know, Louis Deming was up, and Louis Deming is their veteran goaltender, but Garand, uh, we've seen Really good hockey from him. He shut out the Bears in a game. The Bears won in a shootout. Zach Vukali matched Garand in that game. But uh, he's really turned in a great performance and why he was on Team Canada's radar with the World Juniors. So he's been a, a big catalyst for them. They've been scoring the goals. They've been getting the goaltending. And uh, it's definitely, for me, a different look than, than Charlotte, which is a very fast team. This is a little bit more cohesive of a team in Hartford right now that's, that's definitely probably really confident coming into this series. Agreed. So, so enough about Hartford. Let's uh, let's talk about the uh, the boys here. Uh, we know we had a couple injuries we battled through in games three and four. Um, are you able to give us an update on how Frankie and Ness and a few other guys are doing? Yeah, Aaron Ness uh, isn't skating with the team quite yet, so we'll see what his prognosis is uh, if he's able to go uh, either in games one or, or two. We know he's a warrior and has battled back from. That injury he had in, in game one, I think it was, against Bridgeport to play in game five. So my money is always on, on Ness being ready earlier than people think. Uh, but Ethan Frank was back as a practice participant. So I imagine, you know, if we don't see him right away, we'll see him at some point. But right now we just know both those guys left uh, missed game four with injuries and really didn't get many further updates. But it's good to see Frank back. So everything other than that, there's certainly, I'm sure, some maintenance days for guys here and there. But, you know, the team, uh, for the most part, should be ready to go for game number one. And nice to have a week between games to heal up any bumps and bruises, which there naturally are in the playoffs. Yep, two more before we get uh, get you out of here. Um, um, we've seen a couple of South Carolina guys come on up with their season being done, unfortunately being eliminated by the, uh, if I'm correct, the Florida Everblades. Um, you, you excited to see some of these guys come up and get some practice time with the boys, possibly having a bit of a rehearsal for next year? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's always good to have depth. We wish the Stingrays would still be playing, but... You know, Clay Stevenson was 3-0 and in his time here. He, he provides a formidable number three goaltender, if need be. Uh, obviously, the Bears are pretty set with Hunter Shepard and the way he's played. And Zach Fucali sitting second chair is a really good problem to have because we know what Zach Fucali can do. But Stevenson, I think, is is one of the futures in goal. So great to have him getting some time with the team. And, and yeah, Benton Mass and Michael Kim both looked good when they were here as well. So they've kind of fortified the mix um, I don't think we'll see too many other guys coming up now with the, the moves made from South Carolina and the majority of teams black ace wise, you know, they're either going on long runs or they're done right now. And some of those black aces have actually been sent home. It's just too many bodies right now, but they got the Hershey taste 
They're only going to be better when they get here full-time in the future uh, after getting the culture, the experience, getting to take in what Giant Center the Bears fans are like uh, and getting to know the staff. Excellent. And uh, just last question, your your last, you've spoken a lot about this series so far. So just some final closing thoughts on what you think this season's going going to be like, this series is going to be like, and one that could go up till about uh, near Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough series. So, I mean, I, I think it's, you saw in round one how hard it is to sweep a team. There's a reason the Bears haven't swept a team since 2010, and they've had some good teams in that time just for the sheer fact that nobody rolls over and dies. Now, the thing that is interesting is this is another best of five. Traditionally, the Atlantic Division Finals have been a best of seven. The last time the Bears were in it, it was a best of seven. Um, so it's a quick series. Having home ice advantage is huge. A potential game five at Giant Center is awesome. And uh, having a Saturday night game is going to be great for the crowd, too. I think the fans are really excited about that. And I think we're going to see some real good crowds. But for me, I, I think the Bears special teams, they scored a big timely goal on the power play when they needed it from Alexi Protis. The power play needs to continue to take that step. They had a rough game three. They got it when it counted in game four. They're going to have to continue to find a way to get it when it counts in meaningful games. And for me, it's it's going to have to be finding a way to, to solve whoever's in that for Hartford, likely Dylan Garand. He's, he's hot right now, uh, but for the Bears, it's sticking to their game. And what I'd like to see a little bit more that I don't think, Richard, we saw a ton in round one from the Bears, it, it wound up being a little more transitional. Um, and Hershey scored a ton of goals in transition, but when the Bears are on, they're working Plexin, their forecheck is tenacious, they're winning battles, they're cycling around, wearing teams down, and going low to high. Love to see a few more point shots get through, tips, rebounds, those dirty, greasy goals at the net front. You're going to need those in a long run. Uh, I'd like to see a few more of those in, in round two, and I think the Bears will be in a real good spot, I guess, in round three, I should say, with this weird playoff format. Uh, agreed, agreed, but it's still playoff Bears hockey deep into the month of May. you love love to see it. Zach, friend of the podcast, we call call you that for a reason. Thank you for coming on, and here's hoping that we press on and put a 12th there in Giant Center. Absolutely. Let's keep this thing going until June, and there's nothing more that I want than that to, to be on the call when we raise that cup. Excellent. Thank you so much, man. And we're back here on the Grit and Barrett podcast special live stream stream version and thank you to all of you checking out the audio version as well as you saw there in the ad that was running thank you to Raycon for sponsoring this and thank you to DraftKings as well and as always thank you to friend of the podcast Zach Fish for giving us his time and insights on the series caught him at practice the the, um, technically yesterday by the time the, the audio version of this goes out always great to hear from him so, Corey, let's dive into things here on the Bears' end. Let's dive in into this. First up, the injuries. You can't go through the playoffs without getting a few uh, hiccups and hang-ups. And um, apparently the Bears suffered uh, some, not casualties, but some injuries themselves. Aaron Ness going down, Bobby Nardella getting dinged up. Same thing with Ethan Frank. Um, the good news coming from from Zach, and you might have heard as well, he was practicing today at the Old Barn. Good news to hear. But it looks like Aaron Ness is probably going to be out for a while. I know Zach giving us the positive outlook on it that he could return sooner, but I really have like no idea what it is. No team's really going to say what it is outside of the dreaded upper or lower body injury. Um, but we got defense to go around, so I think we're going to be okay with players like Logan Day coming in. So um, 
your thoughts with Frankie back and um, the um, the absence of Aaron Ness? Yeah, just the eye test with Ness's injury in that game as it happened. You know, it didn't look good. I mean, he was holding his whole entire right arm or shoulder. You know, as he was coming off the ice, it it just did not have the makeup of a you know even in the moment that he was going to come back from that injury and, you know, that it could cost him some serious time. And it stinks. You know, the bears had Ness for, I believe all but three games this season, you know, a totally indispensable part, you know, one of the the few members of the 300 games played in the regular season club. That's a, a rare achievement every year now for the bears. I think it's only 50 some people that have made that kind of thing. And, you know, he's, he's a wonderful guy, a great leader, great veteran presence, such a smart hockey player, you know, but like you said, the Bears have depth on depth. And, you know, you even saw it with the, the game four, Jake Massey and Logan Day go in. I don't think that Logan Day should have been pulled from the lineup at all for game three, personally, because I I love his play. He's a guy that you can put out in the power play. You know, Jake Massey's such a fast, you know, smooth skater type of thing. You know, both of them just, you know, absolutely seamlessly fit in. And I adore those two guys for the work that they do. And, you know, that role they play, and they're fantastic at it. And like you said, it's great that Ethan Frank is back in. Now, he's a guy that hasn't scored his first career Calder Cup playoff goal just yet, but he's a guy that's a total X factor. You know, the Bears have definitely missed him, but the boys have, you know, really picked up the slack, you know, that he, you know, normally carries during the regular season when he was scoring 30 goals and, you know, playing as incredibly well as he has played this season. So, you know, great news. It looked like he was in a regular jersey you know, hoping he'll be on the ice for game one on on Thursday night. And, you know, can't help, can't ask for much more than to have him back. So, you know, just hope that Ness comes back. Like you said, though, the Bears have so many forwards hanging around here. It's hardly, you know, it, it's hardly a concern. It's a next man up mentality. Shingers, which was great in relief, so to speak. So no concern if somebody goes down, that's for sure. Definitely not. Um I was concerned about Frank going down that that is the incredible season that he's had um, only to like, Oh, well, this is, this is how his season is going to end by some stupid play in the playoffs. And he goes down, but he's, he's back at it. So, um, and yeah, hard to believe he has not scored a goal yet. I, I believe he's due. I think he'll be one of those players that when he gets going, he's going to start ripping goals here in the po- in the postseason so um i believe that that e- that it's due due theory for ethan frank and his play but it seems like like the bears really got some good productivity out of their their middle and bottom six especially in game four protoss those two big goals that caused me to lose my voice last thursday night um and and Beck getting on the board as well with a beautiful breakaway. You know, you love to see these these third and fourth line guys pick up the slack once you get to the postseason. And we see this all the time, especially in the NHL. That's how championship teams are made when you have guys down the depth line getting goals. Absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's even funny to call guys like Malenstein and Protus, you know, depth guys. They're both guys that spent time with Washington over the course of the season and, you know, are very well regarded by the Capitals in that respect. And it was so funny, like you mentioned with that Protus goal, I'm sure you saw it on Twitter that, you know, uh, Alexei Protus's, you know, billet dad from his junior junior days, Roger uh, Page, I hope I'm saying that right, um, you know, 
tweeted me and said he's manifesting a, a protest goal in the playoffs. And I kid you not, minutes later, that was when that third goal stood up as the game winner happened. So he absolutely Delightful. called it. And, uh, you know, it, it was one of those things you know, just couldn't believe in the moment. So I'm hoping we have many more goals like that. Um, the rest of this playoff run back from those guys. But, you know, you think about all the guys that score goals. I mean, the Bears had nine different goal scorers over the first two games. And it was a lot of guys that were tallying their first playoff goals. And it's hard to, you know, believe guys like Joe Snively and, you know, Connor McMichael and, uh, you know, many others I'm sure I'm forgetting here too. Obviously, Protus and Malenstein are other ones, you know, that just because of how the last couple of years have gone, COVID, you know, the shortened season, you know, how last year went, that it is it is this, you know, the first genuine seeming run that the Bears have had in a sense. Uh, so it's it's really exciting. And, you know, it's it's great to see that you have all these guys that are making contributions. It felt like Beck Malenstein was going to put the entire team on his back and carry them to, through that game four uh, by himself, it seemed like. So, you know, more of that, that's championship caliber stuff, you know, those kind of step-up games. So it's really encouraging signs. And, you know, little things like the the, the bear roar, the, you know, the, the this that the guys do on the – bench on yeah. the way over there you know you saw Beck do it after his goal and it it gets you pumped up you know I get pumped up watching that clip and you know um just absolutely adore it I think it's all you know the DNA of a team that you know can go for a long run here in these playoffs for sure well here's definitely hoping that like you, you do love to see stuff like that and how a team can respond to um to adversity when um, they got punched in the mouth in game three. Now, again, as we said, Charlotte's too proud to go down three, nothing, and they were not going to, but there's part of me that I think believes a little bit that, that this team kind of thought that, Oh, well, these guys are done. They're going to go down. Uh, No, no, they played desperate and it got them a game and it nearly got them game four. And I think Hartford is going to be much harder. And we talked about in the previous series that the Bears are going to have to exercise play playoff demons. And we thought Providence was going to be one of them. It's not. It's Hartford. But we actually owe Hartford, I think, from 13-14. Didn't 13-14 they knock us out? Uh, you would be thinking 2015. 13-14 was the year they missed. Okay, okay. Four, four. Right, that's the Mike Havlin year that we never, ever speak of again. <laughs> we do not speak of that. Right, 14-15, the Bork brothers, the the plant. A young Madison Bowie was on that team, I believe. And a young, fresh Riley Barber, I think, was on that mm-hmm. team as well. I think a young Travis Boyd was there as well. But, um, yeah, that's another team that that's – that hard to believe about a decade, decade ago, my God, a nearly decade ago that knocked us out of the postseason. And it's wild to consider on the, you know, we've come full circle in a sense because Dylan McElrath played for the Wolfpack in that series. Now he plays for the Bears. I can remember, you know, he was such a thorn in the Bears side. You know, I still have vivid memories of him just making life miserable for the Bears in that series. And that was the Bears team that I was very confident. I was very high on the 14-15 iteration of the Bears. They had so many good veteran guys. And, you know, that as you alluded to, you know, they made way for a lot of those younger guys that were responsible for the 2016 run in due time. You know, 
And obviously that was, you know, back when they still had Chris and Ryan Bork in Hartford Wolfpack sweaters for that season. And, you know, they enjoyed, they reveled in, you know, being playoff spoilers for the Bears, I think, in a lot of ways. And, you know, just totally different times back then, of course. But like you said, you know, it's still one of those things where you looked at that table of teams that came out of the playing round. You're sort of like, wow, we owe every single team a playoff series in this respect somewhere. And, you know, like you said, exercise some demons. We thought it was going to be Providence. You know, we just seemed destined to have to take a game at Amica Mutual Pavilion at long last at some point, but, you know, seems to be put off for another day, of course. But Hartford's no slouch. You know, they had that series earlier in the year back in November, I believe, late November, uh, where they played four out of five games against each other. It was a mini playoff series. And, you know, the Bears were obviously, you know, played well enough to take four of the six games. Now, obviously, of course, that is totally different now. Um, you know, I would really like to, you know, sit here and tell you that, you know, um, the Bears should be able to do what they did back then. But let's just be honest. It's, it's totally different rosters at this point. You know, it's half a year later has passed, you know, we flipped the calendar since then, even the game yeah. in, you know, back in February 11th, I believe was the last time they played the bears were riddled with illness. The Wolfpack were most likely the same, you know, the bears had a ride on a, you know, Henry Rabinsky shorthanded goal, you know, it was just different times. So it's like you said, we're, we're it, it feels like a brand new matchup and, you know, the bears owe Hartford back a little bit for that 2015 team for sure. So let us uh, cast our eyes back to that to that a little bit. Um, some players that were on that 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 Hartford squad. Buckle up, Bears fans, for this. Of course, Chris and Ryan Bork were on that were on that team. Oscar Lindbergh, Joey Crab on that team as well. Jan Denise. Um, let's. See here, Chris Mueller, Sean O'Donnell, Ryan Haggerty, um, to name a few. Tyler Brown, Tommy Hughes. Um, I'm just re- I'm just reading off from the Bears app of the game details on it, and of course for the Bears at the time, um, Tim Kennedy, Jim O'Brien, Liam, Nate Schmidt, Tim Kennedy, Jacob Verona. God, I miss all these guys. All in the for for the Bears on this. On both squads, I mean, Casey Wellman as well, Chris Connor, Connor Carrick, Garrett Mitchell, Jacob Verona, Eric Bergdefer. Bears fans are going, yes, 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 as well. So um, that's how far back it goes. And uh, Jan, Jan Denise wasn't net for Hartford at the time. So I, I you're believe right. for Hershey, was it not a young Philip Grubauer that was in goal there too for the Bears? Uh, let me bring the app back up for a second here. Yes, that was a Philip Grubauer that was in net. His backup was number 30, Phoenix Copley. Mm, That's when we had the Ruby Phoenix connection back in net there in 2014. And hard to believe one of those men is starting in an NHL playoff game. And one of them could have been. Kings, Should I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, Kings. And don't sell me Corpus Allo. Just get Phoenix one game. That's all I asked. One game. Doesn't have to be the start. Just one game. One game. It's because I want to play off Phoenix jersey. Well, he did make it in for a little bit of the one game, right? That I was... think he came in relief. 
It was basically after it was over, though, at that point. Like, yeah. they, they did not help him out at all, if I recall that, recall that particular yeah, game it, correctly. Yeah, Connor McDavid basically just said, all right, enough of this. So um, let's uh, let's wrap this up here, Corey. Um, predictions. How do we think this is going to go? Um, a certain someone nailed the series correctly. Thank you. A thing. How excuse me. How excuse me. Thank you very much. Please send cash. Cash credit cards hurt. Um, you nearly had your sweep. You nearly had it, if not for two breakaway goals. I was about to say I was I was close. I was very close, and I am disappointed that I'm only just close because we could be talking about it right now. I remember yeah. saying that to you in the parking lot after that game. Was, I, was that <laughs> yeah that close, man? That close. Yeah. But. So my prediction is going to go as this. I think this is going to be a lengthy series. I think this is going going to be um, hard checking, bloody fists, and a few marble short. But I think the Bears just squeak this out. Five games, probably a couple of overtime games there. I think Bears take it in five. It's going to be rough, though. It's going to be a rough series. I'm going to say it's going to be rough, too. But I'm going to go Bears in four. And the main reason for this is that, you know, I don't really feel like Providence played up to snuff with how, you know, I, I remember seeing them from the regular season. You know, it just didn't feel like it was quite the same team in a sense. And I, I kind of blame the, the layover for that. You know, the Bears' preparation has been second to none. Um, you know, I, I do think we're going to be into, you know, maybe pitch uh, maybe a little bit of a stinker, kind of like we saw in the Charlotte series. But the Bears have learned a lot. And I feel like it's kind of, you know, it's kind of like in, you know, something like Dragon Ball Z, right, where they, they keep beating up Goku and he keeps keep getting up. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. like, you know, he'll he'll deliver a counterpunch and they'll say, whoa, he's been watching my moves this entire time and getting stronger. And, like, that kind of feels like mm-hmm. how the Bears have been, right? Like, they play their system very well. And, you know, when they're on, they're absolutely on. But, you know, they're, they're still learning a little bit. And I feel like, you know, we haven't seen the peak. You know, we haven't gotten quite those big performances from guys like, you know, we like you said, Ethan Frank hasn't been in. But, you know, the Mike Scarbosas and Mike Vecchionis haven't, even had to you know have their monster performances yet so i think this team still has a little bit more to give in a sense you know obviously hartford does too i'm not trying to take anything away from you know what they've done here but i like to you know say with my preview this is the time where the bears really show us what their full power potentially is and we see some glimpses of all that stuff we've dreamt about for many years so i'm gonna say four i think the bears are going to find you know they're going to win a lot of close games like they did against hartford in the regular season like these will not be beat downs by any stretch but the bears will get to that form of where they're taking close games i think you are tapping into my dbz fandom and i love it i absolutely love it absolutely love it i could actually uh double down on that a bit um, where, where to um, you keep saying the full power on that, that like, this reminds me of one of my favorite anime series, Yu Yu Hakusho. And where at the beginning of the second season, stay with me on folks, please don't go away. One of the villains from the previous arc comes back and approaches Yusuke and said, you only beat me at 30%. And they meet at this abandoned at this construction site. 
bulks himself up to 60% and says, this is what I can do, and just jumps around and systematically picks the building apart with kicks, steel beams, girders falling down, but he's quick enough to knock everything down so nothing hits Yusuke. couple seconds later, there's rubble, but a circle around Yusuke among the rubble where Tagoro didn't hit him. And Tagoro just grabs his coat and says, this is the last time I save you, boy, and walks off. The Bears could pull off that type of power situation with Hartford. And a little long in the tooth, but been waiting to bust that out for a while. And I think this is one of the times where the Bears really could, if they really tap into that full offensive potential, I think they can take down. They could take down Hartford, but it ain't going to be easy. It is not going to be easy. So that will do it for this episode. But before we do go, Corey, thank you so much for coming on as always, brother. And, um, you know, give you a second to promote your credentials. And I believe you had a new article coming out there on field pass hockey. So the board is thine, brothers. I appreciate it. Yeah, you can find me over at HBH Nation blog. That's where the majority of my stuff goes, as well as at FPH Bears. Uh, those are my my two accounts there. Uh, you know, usually on game day, I have a hard time focusing on more than one at a time. So it will usually be the HBH Nation blog uh, is the page to really see for everything. But, you know, we have articles going up on there as well as, uh, you know, field pass hockey kind of, you know, covering everything, every corner of this series here at this point. You know, we got a preview coming up. We were talking a little about the Mike Scarbosa extension and, you know, really kind of going in depth on some of the, you know, major elements to know about this, this preview series. So yeah, lots to read over there if you're interested in uh, covering more of the series there, but yeah, game day stuff highlights videos, um, you know, everything that's in between. We try to be a good source for you for sure. So thanks for having me on Richard. I really appreciate it. It's always fun when we get to have these shows and I hope we get to have many more as this month progresses. I hope so well. I hope we were doing one near the end of the month where we were talking about quarter conference finals with the Bears, whomever they might play against the North. And my dreams of a Hershey-Rochester playoff series might actually come to fruition. Please, hockey gods, I hope this happens. But that, hopefully is another show. So thank you Bears fans for listening to this. However you did by the video or the audio, please give a like to the video, share this around, share this around to other Bears fans to listen to this as well. We will have recaps on Monday of both games. The podcasts are still going to keep flowing as long as as long as this this keep this keeps going. And Bears fans, I know you're ready. Hartford fans are going to be ready because they're going to be coming from Connecticut, assured you and me. And I'll be ready. And as I've said before, from a song from Tangled the Series, I'm ready as I'll ever be. See you Thursday, Bears fans. We'll see you at Giant Center. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Grit and Barrett podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are currently listening to. If you are listening on Apple or Google, please leave us a five-star review as it appeases our algorithm overlords. If you enjoyed this podcast, please check out the Hockey Podcast Network, where there is a podcast for each and every NHL team. We also cover the American Hockey League. They have a podcast about college hockey and all the ins and outs of the hockey world. If you wish to know more about our parent club, 
please check out the official Caps Chirps podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network as they cover all things Washington Capitals. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. That's at Grit and Barrett P1 on Twitter. This podcast is dedicated to the memory of Patricia Blosser, who passed away on December 5th, 2020 to dementia and COVID. The show is also dedicated to all of the Hershey Bears' friends, fans, and family who lost their lives to cancer. Cancer sucks. Thank you once again for listening to the Grit and Barrett podcast, and go Bears. Go Bears!